0: Welcome to the field goals podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz today on the show. We are getting into our week 12 picks and joining me to do picks. I'm usually on his show. He's coming on my show. He's Anthony knock of the knock on sports on KGEZ on 96.5 FM, 600 AM in Kalispell, Montana. He is a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. And I get to ask him why, why Anthony did the Tampa Bay Bucks lose to the Rams on Monday night? Well, it's
1: something that Bruce Arians never does, but it's actually something he should do because it's all his fault. Um, (laughs) He won't tell you that ever. Tell me you've heard
0: Bruce Arians say one time this year that anything is his fault. Uh, Never. And then not backtrack, you know, because I think he did it once for the Cardinals and then he backtracked after he said he watched the tape and he's like, oh, yeah, none of it was my fault.
1: Yeah, no, listen, this is all... When you look at the losses here, we have not made any adjustments. And some of it also falls on Todd Bowles. I mean, I don't know why we keep playing zone when the blitzing has been working. When you looked at it, we got pressure on... Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, and we got pressure on Derek Carr when we were sending blitzers. Um, we, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know we don't have every single corner like Carlton Davis, but I feel like it's better to live by the blitz and die by the blitz than the, what we're playing right now, which is giving up, you know, nearly, what was it? I don't know what Goff finished with, but I think by halftime, the dude was 83% completion percentage yeah. at half against us. So I just don't think, you know, and that's, and it's been like that. The Carolina game in the first half, Teddy Bridgewater started like nine for nine. You look at the game before against uh, Drew Brees. I mean, he was just able to complete the football. So I don't know if because of the fact that our injuries have been stacking up or if all of a sudden in practice, Todd Bowles just doesn't trust our other corners uh, to play man-to-man, but we've got to make some adjustments defensively because in the matter of a couple of weeks, our defense is starting to look more and more susceptible uh, and, and not as uh, tough as it once was. So. Uh, Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles deserve a lot of the blame and Brian left for that matter, everybody across the board, because like I said, we just didn't make any adjustments. Granted, we were still only down by seven. And, you know, I, again, I don't understand the play call at the end. Why do you throw the deep ball when you have uh, time and all you've got to do is get in field goal range for Ryan. Second, why do you try and take a deep shot? Like, I don't understand our obsession. I get Bruce Arians takes deep shots, no risk it, no biscuit, mm-hmm. but can, I can't believe I'm actually imploring and begging can we throw the short routes?
0: I feel like Tom Brady would be saying the same thing because he just doesn't look like he even wants to throw the deep ball. I've seen I, I saw a couple of those where I don't think he really even put the receiver in a position to catch it. It was, you know, it was close. But we know that Tom Brady is more accurate than that.
1: Well, that's exactly it. When you looked at the early on in that game, what was working? The short stuff. Um, now, again, if, if the Rams defense makes adjustments, obviously you got to be finding a way to counter. But at the same time, too, once again, you saw B.A. and Byron left, which pretty much abandoned the run. Now, granted, our running backs dropped the football numerous times, and that just seems to be an ongoing issue. We need to find another passing back, whether that be we need to get McCoy involved or we need to get um, Vaughn involved, or, or our third-round pick. But we just can't trust Ronald Jones and, and Leonard Fournette to catch the football out of the backfield right now. It's uh, holding your breath every time Tom Brady looks at a running back to, to throw the football to
0: well, I appreciate you giving me the tip on last week's show, Anthony. That Tampa Bay plays poorly in primetime matchups, so it, it forced me to take the Rams. I didn't spend the evening rooting for the Rams. In fact, I found myself rooting for Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, and it felt so weird in that game. It showed. It showed to myself just how much I hate the Rams. And uh, but I, at least I got the pick at the end of the day. So I think I'm I'm, I'm starting to catch up on you, Anthony.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, I, I don't remember our final tally uh, from last week uh, because of the holiday, but I'll tell you this much. I mean, it was pretty close. I had, t- I think at least two games, if not one game up on you. But uh, like I said, it has not been a very, uh, you know, I haven't been able to make my gap any larger besides one of the two games and you keep getting me on, on these Bucks games. That's what's killing me. You picked a couple in the last what the Saints game and now uh, the Rams game. Uh, so, yeah, you're gaining. You're yeah, gaining but I,
0: I think I lost the Carolina game. So it, it is kind of evening out over these last couple of weeks. But yeah,
1: well, well, I think you might be able to gain another edge on me this week because of who Tampa Bay plays. But we'll get into that later.
0: <laughs> we will. Well, let's kick things off. Let's talk a little bit about what we saw in the Thanksgiving games. And I know you sent your picks to me. I sent my picks to you. So I'm happy that I, I started off on the plus side straight out of the gate, Houston, Just dominating Detroit in that game. It it started out a little bit close, but Detroit was fumbling the football all over the place. And we see Deshaun Watson and oh, man, he you know, I'm so happy that he's out from under the thumb of Bill O'Brien, because I think that he can be I, I think he should be one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL.
1: I agree. I think, uh, I mean, I'm I'm disappointed Detroit lost. I thought, you know, Thanksgiving game, I thought Houston not being very good this year. I thought, all right, here's a chance for Detroit to win one of these Thanksgiving Day games. Uh Uh, They looked like they'd played better football and it, it hurts that they don't have DeAndre Swift who knows if DeAndre Swift would have coughed it up yesterday. But, I mean, listen, Deshaun Watson looks better. This Houston team does look better as well. They're not as – I thought this was going to be an easy W just because of the record Houston had. And, again, Houston has just hasn't looked as formidable. But now looking at that game yesterday, and, again, I know it's the Detroit Lions, but it makes that division a little bit more interesting. I don't think Indy or Tennessee can just look at Houston and just say, okay, we got an automatic win. So uh, impressive by Houston yesterday. I picked Detroit because I thought Detroit would just play better. But at the end of the day, Houston just ends up uh, just blowing me out of the water because I was really surprised. Again, Deshaun Watson's good, but I just didn't think they'd hang up that many points on Detroit.
0: I just think that Detroit team they're they're done for the season. Houston could make it interesting, but I think they lost way too many games here early on to to actually make the playoffs. But with seven teams, who knows? At least Houston's going to be a fun team to watch down the stretch. And I don't know if I can say that about the Lions.
1: Yeah, I was about to say. At least to Sean Watson, he makes things interesting. I mean, you know, that's not a knock on Matt Stafford, but I kind of, kind of agree with you, Grant. It feels like maybe this team's all but just out of it. Like they're just they're done with Matt Patricia. Um, you know, that kind of that's going to be, I guess, the next betting prop here. Romeo, who, who who gets uh, who gets to keep their job or gets fired? I, I think Romeo Crennel has a better chance of keeping his job than Matt Patricia at this point. Um, but yeah, I, I have no faith in, in in Matt Patricia
0: or the Lions. Well, the next matchup that we got to see, and unfortunately, the Pittsburgh-Baltimore game got shifted to Sunday. Now it's shifted to Tuesday because of COVID issues, but uh, we got to watch a little bit of Washington-Dallas. Fortunately, dinner came up about the right time in this game as Washington just started to pull ahead for me, so I I didn't get to see the the blowout portion of the game, but uh, I did pick Washington, and they did get the win over Dallas, and Anthony, you picked the Cowboys.
1: Uh, once again, I made a mistake here again, thinking that because Dallas beat Minnesota and I don't know why I trusted Minnesota. I put a lot more stock into that win for Dallas than than it probably deserved. But I honestly thought that Dallas, after getting the win, everything going on, being at home, being Thanksgiving, I thought Dallas would put up more of a fight. Yeah, obviously that I mean, it was 20 to 16. You picked emotionally the in these games.
0: Down. You thought with the, the teams playing at home on Thanksgiving, that would give them the edge and it just didn't work out.
1: I mean, I'll tell you this much: it, it, the only the only silver lining here is I had Antonio Gibson in my fantasy league, so <laughs> it kind of worked out for me in the end. But yeah, I just once again, it's kind of like you, kind of what you talked about with Houston and Deshaun Watson again. Alex Smith, great story, but with the way this team's playing right now with the Washington Football Team, they're sitting in the lead for the NFC East. Which who would have thought that? And this team, to a degree, again, I know it's against only NFC East opponents. They at least feel like, okay, this is a franchise finding its foundation and maybe they're finally going to get beyond these treacherous years of just constant mismanagement.
0: This NFC East is fascinating to me, Anthony, going down the stretch. I think this kind of put Washington among the favorites in the division. I I feel like Dallas is even though they're in it, I I don't see them as a contender going down the stretch over these next few games. Maybe they'll prove me wrong with Andy Dalton. Maybe find some some magic. But I just with that offensive line being so busted up, I I just don't think the Cowboys can be in it. Who, Who is your favorite in the East now going into these final few weeks?
1: I'm giving it to Washington. Yeah. Washington right now has a capable quarterback in Alex Smith that you can trust granted again, hopefully that leg stands up for him um, and he'll be able to kind of handle the pressures of the next couple of games. Um, but at the same time, like I said, right now, as long as Alex makes the quarterback, I kind of like Washington right now, Antonio Gibson's able to run the football. They've been able to do that. They've got some playmakers That defensive line can definitely get after the quarterback. So right now I, I would think the way Washington's playing football right now, washington's the leading candidate because, like you said you can't trust dallas right now especially with the no, numerous amount of issues that offensive line has i feel bad for any adults because it's just going to be him constantly running around you can't trust new york with daniel jones because he'll throw it away for you literally to the other team right. and then uh philadelphia i mean <laughs> they're kind of like dallas they're so banged up and, and carson Wentz is still playing but you just never know how much longer his abuse is going to be able to take because his offensive line isn't healthy and he's been having to run for his life. Philly's got a ton of issues. I mean, I, I would say I would in the hierarchy, I would put Dallas and Philly towards the bottom and I'd give New York the edge over those two teams just because their defense plays better. And then I think Washington's the favorite at this point.
0: I would, I would agree. Out of all those teams, I feel like Washington might be the most dangerous one that the Seahawks have to face coming up and and the Giants they're interesting to me because they have won all of their games within the division so it's going to be interesting just to see which one of those I I had Michael kissed on earlier this week previewing the Eagles matchup with the Seahawks and he was thinking that a a team could legit win the division at five wins this season and that's crazy
1: well I think what is it I think the Seahawks and I want to say the 2000 and yeah, I can't remember which 2000 version of the Panthers, but yeah, because I think both teams ended up finishing with seven wins. That's yeah. the lowest the playoff teams had. So, I mean, could we see even lower?
0: It <laughs> really could. could
1: be interesting. I don't know how many how many more games Washington has within the division.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, they're actually they've lost quite a few divisional games, but they've actually won some outside of the division. So I think in terms of tiebreakers, they're not in great shape, but I, I think they could win it outright. So. Uh, it'll be something to watch. We still have a few weeks left. I'm I'm sure we'll get more into it, but let's take a quick break. Anthony we will come back and we will give our picks for the rest of week 12 coming up next. Anthony knock of the knock on sports. I go on his show each week. We make picks. We talk Seahawks. I got him on the show this week to make our picks as he's on vacation down in Florida or wherever it is that he visits that has pterodactyls in the background. Anthony, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. Let's make some picks and start off with Arizona at the New England Patriots.
1: I got Arizona here. Kyler Murray's been playing really well. Don't get me wrong. England's played well. Two, um, but I just think Arizona's offense is just too explosive. You know, this was a team that I really wasn't sure was going to be for real, but they've proven it. And I know they they did lose to the Seahawks and everything, but at the same time, I really think this is a dangerous team. I think this team's legit at this point in the season. And again, I just don't trust that Cam Newton can defeat the Arizona Cardinals by himself. Uh, I don't trust any of the receivers. I mean, obviously, if they get the running game going, and that's the only key to success for New England, if they're able to run the football against arizona and and have success continuously then new england has a chance to keep it close but i just don't see how new england's defense is going to keep contained on kyler murray and deandre
0: hopkins and, and all those guys yeah new england is favored by a point and i think a big part of it is because of the arizona cardinals run defense we we saw a little bit of it in the seahawks last game against them and a lot of their guys are injured on that defensive line so i could see the patriots taking advantage of that but i it's I do think that Kyler Murray and that Cardinals offense is going to be too much for that New England defense. I'm going Arizona as well. Up next, Minnesota at home. Carolina Panthers coming to town. I I know you mentioned earlier that you can't trust the Vikings now. Are you trusting them against one of your NFC South rivals?
1: No, I'm not trusting them because you, you lost to the Dallas Cowboys. When you lose to the Dallas Cowboys the way they did, and especially the way that team was winning football games leading up to that point, you can't trust the Vikings at this point. I mean, I thought they were starting to turn the turn the corner. All right, they're going to be a team that's going to be a wild card possibility. But then you, you lose to the Dallas Cowboys. That defense had no reason to lose to that offense and i give up as many points as they did and be faked out by Andy Dalton as much as they were. Uh, and listen, Carolina, again, it depends on if Teddy Bridgewater plays. Uh, I think it sounds like he is. I think he's going to be all right, but I just like Carolina. They've been able to hang tough with everybody. Uh, the fact that they were kept it close and they had a lead against Kansas City uh, that continues to be in my mind, a, a team that definitely can play with just about anybody in this league. And so I'm going to take Carolina to beat Minnesota. I, I just don't trust. Uh, the vikings at this point i mean th- 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 to be completely honest brandon i don't trust anybody not named new orleans tampa bay green bay or the a team from the nfc west
0: yeah <laughs> well i did pick minnesota in this game i don't feel great about it but i just think that they're one of those 50-50 teams every week and, and they're going to get the win here against carolina next in the lineup here cleveland at jacksonville cleveland going down to florida they're heavy favorites in this game did I? I said plus one for the New England Patriots. That means they the, the the Arizona Cardinals are favored by one. See, I can't read the odds here. The, the and the so that means the Browns are favored by by a touchdown here against the one and nine Jaguars. I gotta think that you're going with the Browns here.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go with Cleveland to win this one. Listen, their running game's good. The defense has been good too. We'll see what kind of defense they'll have without Miles Garrett this week, but I think. Cleveland's going to win this one. They're going to keep advancing. They're going to keep keep it tight in the NFC North. Uh, you know, obviously, we're hoping that we'll see that Pittsburgh Baltimore game. Um, but Cleveland has to try and keep pace because right now. And I don't have the standings in front of me, but I think Cleveland has a chance if they do grab the win this week to at least gain a game on Baltimore and be ahead of them in the NFC North, which will obviously help them in the wild cards. I don't know if Cleveland's going to be able to chase chase down Pittsburgh uh, by any stretch, but, you know, obviously you want the number five seed is a wild card. You don't really want to be that six or seven.
0: Yeah, and I'm going with the Browns here, too. It will be interesting to see if they can run down the Ravens. It does seem like these are two different teams going down the stretch, and uh, we'll get into that Baltimore matchup here coming up in a bit. But uh, moving on to Buffalo and the L.A. Chargers, this game is going to be up in Buffalo. I like the Bills against the Chargers.
1: I like the Bills as well. Uh, Listen, Josh Allen has just been phenomenal. I really enjoy... And like this Bills football team, they are a ton of fun to watch. I've watched a couple of their games already. I mean, this is probably the most exciting time for Bills fans, probably since the mid-90s. So uh, this is a fun team to watch. I I think the Bills uh, keep it rolling here. The Chargers are going to charge her. And uh, listen, Herbert's going to keep them in the game. They're going to make some big plays that Bills defense is susceptible. But I think at the end of the day, Bill's going to win this thing by 10, 10 to 14 points.
0: Las Vegas going on the road and taking on the Atlanta Falcons, the the Raiders. You know, they they were so close in that game last week against the Chiefs. If they could have taken down the Chiefs twice, I think they're, you know, a lot of people would be on board. I've seen them ranked highly in the power rankings, like in the top 10 to 12 teams now, because, just based on their showings against the Chiefs. They're six and four. And uh, I I have to think that they are, well, they're favored by three points against the Falcons, but it feels like it should be more than that.
1: It definitely should be more than that. Cause I mean, how do you play the Chiefs as close as they did having a lead? And obviously, you can't give Patrick Mahomes two minutes. But at the same time, the Raiders are, they're another team that you weren't sure about. Were they going to be real? Were they going to take that next step? They were kind of that same category as the Cardinals. And the Raiders are legit. They're for real. I mean, they've lost to some good football teams. Uh, and I, how do you put much trust in Atlanta at this point? I really thought Atlanta would give new Orleans a game and they did for a half, but that <laughs> offense just absolutely got obliterated in the second half by the saints pass rush. Now, again, I'm not going to say that, 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 the Raiders have a very similar pass rush, but I just don't trust Atlanta at this point, uh, to, to do anything. And I think the Raiders, they have to try and keep pace in the wild card because they're not going to overtake the chiefs in the division.
0: Yeah. I don't like the Raiders defense that much that I think that Atlanta is uh, I, I think Atlanta's going to put up a respectable score against that Raiders defense and and not be just blown out like they were against the Saints. So I, I like the Raiders as well. Miami going and taking on a division rival, New York Jets. The Jets are zero and ten. Do they do they keep the the belief of a perfect season alive in reverse? <laughs>
1: I think they do. I think Miami bounces back after a tough week last week. Uh, listen, there's nothing that says to the Jets that they're going to get this thing done. I, I would have thought the Jets had the best chance when they came off their bye week. They didn't win. So I, I think the Jets right now, I, t- I, I have a hard time seeing how they don't finish 0-16. And with Miami, th- this is the best-looking Miami Dolphins team in quite some time, might even since the days of Chad Pennington. You know, So I think for me, Miami is as close as they're going to get to uh, the playoffs, uh, right now they're in that conversation. They want to keep in that conversation. Uh, that defense is really good. I just don't. And Sam Darnold starting for the first time in a couple of weeks as well. So I, I think this. My I trust this Miami Dolphins defense more than I trust Tua to be productive. So I think Miami wins this because of their defense once again.
0: Well, the Miami defense only allowing twenty points per game, but the Jets defense allowing thirty points per game and only scoring fourteen on offense. So that is not a recipe. That's why they're an 0 10 team. And that's why I'm also picking the dolphins in this game, New York giants at Cincinnati. Joe Burrow goes down for injury. Unfortunate for the Cincinnati Bengals. And the, you know, the other thing that I was talking about this week is how much the Bengals are going to impact the race now in the NFC East, because uh, the Philadelphia Eagles played them early. They played the Bengals to a tie and now going down the stretch, the Bengals without Burrow are playing a lot of these East teams. And now you have to think that a team like the Giants is going to be favored against the Bengals. And, and they are. They're actually favored by six points.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I don't really trust whoever's playing quarterback behind him because you still have a very, very shaky offensive line. Joe Burrow is athletic enough to be able to move around and make some plays. Uh, I, yeah, I just don't trust the uh, Cincinnati Bengals at this point. And at the same time, too, New York has played better. Now, again, this is one of those games where I feel like New York could still lose it simply because Daniel Jones throws it to the other team and gives them shorts fields. But I think Daniel Jones is starting to make some progress, whether or not he's a long-term answer for the Giants going forward. I don't know. But at the same time, I just feel like with the Giants defense, the way they've been playing and just the fact that, you know, outside of Joe Burrow and the weapons that he had, uh, this Cincinnati team was not very spectacular in anything. So, I like the Giants here as well. I think the Giants get the win over the Bengals.
0: Yeah, if it was a team with a better defense, then I I might have some faith in the Bengals going down the stretch that they can pull together some wins, even against some of the bad teams, like a three-win team like the Giants. But I, I have to go with New York here as well. And this next game, Anthony, coming up, Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans. I think I picked up a win on you last week because I went with Tennessee. They got the overtime win against the Ravens. But now they've taken on the Indianapolis Colts who got a win over the Green Bay Packers. So two good teams in a matchup here. And I, I really I'm curious, who do you have between the Titans and Colts?
1: This one's a curious one because I, I picked the Titans last time and the Colts just absolutely destroyed him in the second half. It's really tough to pick this one because who had Tennessee beating Baltimore last Except week in the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Well, other than you, yeah, I, well, well, even in the way they did, like I mean, yeah. if you like, if that had been a close game all the way through, okay, I could have definitely see Tennessee winning that game. But the fact that they were down as many points as they were and then came back to win it and win the way they did in overtime, again, it, it's just so interesting with this Tennessee team. And it's you would think coming off of a win like that against Baltimore that Tennessee will definitely be a hot team. And I know Indianapolis just beat Green Bay, but. When I look at it, it's the more consistent team and the more team I have faith in is Ryan Tannehill, Derek Henry and those guys. So I'm going to take Tennessee here again, and I'm going to say Tennessee splits the series with Indianapolis. We'll, we'll see if the Titans burn me twice.
0: <laughs> I am going to go with the Colts just based on the strength of their defense. I know I, I like the Titans defense well enough against the Ravens last week, but I, I just don't think if this is a close game down to the end, I, I actually like the Colts defense to get the job done. So. Uh, I'm going to go against you in terms of the Titans again this week and take the Colts. We'll see how that works out. Uh, Baltimore-Pittsburgh is the next one up on my schedule. Let, let's save that one. Uh, well, no, let's talk about it now. It's going to be on Tuesday, but it's in the lineup. If I, if I push it back, I'll probably forget about it. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and obviously a lot of issues going on with Baltimore. Uh, players testing positive for COVID, Lamar Jackson being one of them. And, you know, who knows if they have enough time now with it being pushed back to Tuesday, if they can find out if, if it may be a false positive or or how that works. I don't know. But uh, undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers, this may have been their their best chance to take a loss here in these next few weeks with the Ravens. But without Lamar Jackson, I don't see it happening.
1: I will even with Lamar Jackson, if they do have him, I just don't see how Pittsburgh loses to Baltimore. The Ravens are not as invincible as we once thought. That defense is not uh, as good as it was last year. Um, I really just, I really like Pittsburgh in this case. I just don't trust Baltimore. And they're just showing a little bit more weakness. When they're playing the good teams, they're having far more difficulty. So I like Pittsburgh here. Uh, the, the Steelers are rolling. Mike Tomlin's rolling. Big Ben's got things going here. That defense is ferocious as well. Uh, so I, I think for me, I, I don't even if Lamar Jackson starts. And again, I'm hoping everybody's healthy. Hopefully, these are all false positives because I want to see a full strength Baltimore Ravens team take on a full strength Pittsburgh Steelers team. Don't want there to be any excuses in that type of rivalry game. Uh, but I, I trust I trust Pittsburgh here uh, if everyone's healthy. And unfortunately, if they don't have everybody, then I still think it's Pittsburgh by a bigger, by a bigger margin.
0: Yeah. And Pittsburgh favored by four points in this game. One thing that's interesting, and I'm taking Pittsburgh, too, in this game. But uh, looking at Baltimore's road record, they're actually four and one. They're two and three at home, four and one on the road. So very interesting uh, stat to me. Just looking at that. Next up, the New Orleans Saints and the Denver Broncos. Denver getting the win over Miami last week. That was a little bit of a surprise. But uh, New Orleans, a completely different team defensively. Well, I I suppose that it may be their strength now for the Saints, much like it might be the strength for the Dolphins. So eight and two Saints going on the road in Denver. Saints favored by six. Who you got?
1: Uh, All logic is out the window in this game. It's pure spite. Uh, I got the Broncos in the upset over the Saints. Um, and I do think it's possible. Uh, again, we'll see how the Saints perform. Again, this I think the defense is much tougher uh, than Atlanta's. Now, again, the offense isn't nearly as good with the weapons that Atlanta had at their disposal. Um, you know, Drew Locke has already had a five-interception game this season. And so can he not throw the football to the New Orleans Saints? Um, What does this defense do with Taysom Hill in terms of their pass rushers? Because Denver does have an advantage in that department to get after the quarterback. So I'm very curious to see what Taysom Hill does under duress, because you just really – Atlanta, who who do you fear – outside of Grady Jarrett up the middle, who do you fear as a pass rusher from the Falcons? Whereas, you know, Chubb and others, uh, the Broncos have some fearsome pass rushers. So wow. I think Denver can get to Taysom Hill. And again, if you go back to that first half, Taysom Hill wasn't great. He wasn't sharp. I mean, he was able to move the ball and move the sticks a little bit, wasn't able with converting to convert points. So I think Denver here has a chance, albeit a small one because of obviously the lack of points that uh, that's potentially there. But uh, I like Denver in the upset. More or less because of spite.
0: (laughs) Well, I will take the Saints, but I I do like Denver as an upset pick in this game just because of Taysom Hill at quarterback for the Saints. I I know they're going to lose some games down the stretch just based off of Drew Brees not being in the lineup and trying to pick which team it's going to be against. I don't know. It could be Denver. I'm going Saints here. Uh, I don't know how to pick this next game, though, Anthony, due to spite, because it's the San Francisco 49ers and L.A. Rams. And uh, I, I, I think I equally hate these teams. So <laughs> maybe this is one that I'll just have to watch on Sunday and figure out which one I hate more. Maybe I want San Francisco to win just because the Rams are leading the division right now. Who do you have between the Rams and Niners?
1: Well, right now I need the Rams to lose games. So again, this is one where I'm going to say I'm needing the San Francisco 49ers to pull off the upset because right now Tampa Bay loses ground with their loss to the LA Rams last week. Uh, So I think that Tampa Bay, uh, and I'm rooting for the Rams to lose. I think San Francisco can definitely pull off, obviously division rival. Can Nick Mullins put some points on the board? I know that Rams defense is very, very difficult and very, very tough, obviously, and they don't have their full continental players, but um, like I said, spiteful. I need the Rams to lose. So I'm rooting and I'm I'm picking the San Francisco 49ers here. But at the same time, this is gonna be a real taller because I think the Rams are playing pretty good football right now. Uh, again, you know, let's see what happens. I think the key here is can and I know San Francisco is limited because of the, the guys that they have injured on that defensive line, but can San Francisco do what Tampa Bay decided not to do, which was put pressure on Goff?
0: See, Anthony, this is one of the benefits of me hosting the pick'em this week because I I did not want to pick either of these teams and I can't really be happy one way or the other, depending on the outcome. So I guess I'll go with the Rams and that way I can at least have that one nugget of happiness, knowing that I'll pick up a win if the Rams (laughs) uh, get the win over the Niners. So I, I I'm reluctantly picking the Rams.
1: All right. All right. So once again, this is about you gaining games on me. This is almost the whole Rams bucks thing last week.
0: And we'll see if I get another one on you here, because Kansas City, tough matchup for the Tampa Bay Bucks this week. And I'm a little bit surprised this is not the uh, the Sunday night football game, but uh, Kansas City, Tampa Bay. This is definitely going to be the one everybody's tuning in to watch in the afternoon. And I have to think that even though Tampa Bay not the favorites in this game, the Chiefs favored by three points. Are Are you sticking with your Bucks, Anthony?
1: Yeah, I'm going to stick with Tampa Bay. Uh, listen, so far Tom Brady has been able to bounce back from every loss that we've had, and so have the Bucks. And so I look at it and I go, okay. I mean, this is going to be a tall order, and so I think Tampa Bay can definitely do it. This game's obviously at home. If this game was in Kansas City. I mean, I'd be really, really difficult to pick Tampa Bay. But I think because it's in Tampa, the Chiefs defense is susceptible to the run. And we've seen when Tampa can get the run game going, it does help. The biggest question will be, can the Bucs get Marpet back, their best offensive lineman, once again out? Uh, the last three games, they haven't been able to have him for the Saints game. They weren't able to get him for the Panthers game or uh, the game against the Rams, and that hurts. Um, but if they can get Marpet back, that's only going to help the run game for Tampa Bay and so i'm really hoping that uh, marpet will come back if that, that if he does i think that helps Tam bay's offensive chances in running the football uh, and again defensively the question will be can they get pressure on patrick mahomes and even if you do get pressure can you hit home on yeah. that pressure and so listen tampa they're they're an underdogs for a reason here um, i like Tam bay to to win though cuz again they haven't lost back-to-back games this season so I, I think they have a good chance even though it's all but a fool's chance uh to take
0: down the chiefs i would like the bucks a lot for an upset pick in this just because tom brady if he if he hits some of those deep shots i think you know much like Derek carr did that that's how they got that win that's how they kept pace with the chiefs i think the bucks offensively have the ability to, to do that and i think they have enough on defense more I think they have more than the Raiders have on defense. So I think that the Bucs could win this game. But Kansas City with only one loss, I got to take the Chiefs here.
1: I think the biggest thing is can Bruce Arians, Todd Bowles, and Byron Leftwich actually make adjustments? Like as you bring up an interesting point I hadn't thought about it because Kansas City has been beaten by the long ball. We've seen yeah. that Tampa can uh, get the long shot because we take so many of them. But at the same time, too, can you can we throw the short routes? Can Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich for a little bit? Listen show to patience? Tom Brady;
0: he knows how to do uh, that stuff.
1: I know, and I don't like that. That's the thing; it's it's almost like Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich get out of the way. Game plan with Tom. Listen to Tom, and this this is this is almost what it feels like. It, it feels like a coach that's been working within a program for twenty years, and I get Bruce Arians has had his system and everything, and Byron left, which is the same. But you're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, and it's just not working out in your favor. We got to stop throwing the deep ball. So if Timbe can mix in, especially with Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin. They'll be just fine. Like I said, we don't have to go down the seam every time. It feels like they're trying to play Madden. Believe me, I've tried playing Madden, throwing deep. It doesn't (laughs) always work.
0: Well, and Byron just has to go to his head coach and say, hey, look, when Peyton Manning got brought to the Broncos, he brought his offense with him. It got Adam Gase head coaching job after head coaching job. Why don't we involve Tom in the game planning here and get my get me to a head coaching job? Because, Bruce, you're not much longer for the NFL. Uh, This this seems to be the time that uh, Byron needs to be setting himself up for a future head coaching gig.
1: I mean, here, for Tampa Bay, they've got five games left, including this one. Then they're going to go into their bye week, and then they've got two games against the Falcons and games against the Lions and the Vikings. Now, again, there's still still good, team, pretty good choice for a wild card at the very least. Uh, but I'll tell you this much, too. There's just not a lot of room for error. I know Bruce Arian said that. But I'll tell you this much. If Tampa Bay does miss, because there have been seasons in years past where they lined up themselves into a chance to get into the postseason, and then they lose four straight towards the end of the season and miss the playoffs, I think there's almost going to be a forced decision with there to decide: Do you keep Bruce Arians mm-hmm. or do you not keep Bruce Arians? And I know that sounds really weird, considering Tampa Bay seven and four in the first time in a long time. <laughs> right. But uh, like I said, I, Bruce Arians has got to show something where he can, you know, help Tom Brady. Like I mean, he has Tom Brady hasn't been good on the deep ball in in a little bit, maybe since the the Raiders game. He just he hasn't his completion percentage has been one of the lowest in the league. Yeah. So they've got to figure something out here, and that's up to
0: Bruce Arians. The Chicago Bears need to figure something out. They're one and four over their last five games. The Packers, three and two over their last five, but the Bears have been better on the road this season, three and two right there. And the Packers obviously looking a little bit vulnerable coming off that loss to the Indianapolis Colts, facing another tough defense with the Bears. But offensively, it's it's gonna be tough to pick the Bears. The Packers favored by nine and a half this week
1: yeah i like the packers here if the bears had a strong running game then i would say okay i think chicago has a better chance and i would take them in the upset but because they don't they just don't have that running game like we've seen teams you talk about indianapolis you talk about minnesota you talk about tampa bay when they have been teams that have been more physical with the green bay packers the packers have been susceptible and they have lost football games but i just don't trust that chicago i mean defensively they'll be physical no question about that offensively though I just don't think they'll be physical enough to open up holes and be able to run the football against the Packers. So uh, I like Green Bay to bounce back here.
0: Yeah, I've taken the Packers here, too. But I, I need them as a Seahawks fan. I need them to lose some games down the stretch. So I'd, I'd be much happier with the with the Bears winning this week. Maybe. You need the Saints to lose games too. <laughs> I both of them. OK, uh, yes. But but yeah, ideally, uh, they all just lose out between the, the Packers and Saints. But uh, I, I don't think either one of those things is going to happen.
1: <laughs> we can unite behind that.
0: <laughs> well, Let's close this out, Anthony, with the Seahawks and the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday night. I obviously picked the Seahawks. What are some of your thoughts going into this game against the Eagles in Philadelphia?
1: Going into this game, I think Seattle wins big here. I don't trust Philadelphia. Carson Wentz has been harassed. I think what I've seen from the Seattle defense is an improved pass rush as well. I like what I'm seeing there. Uh, again, I just don't think Philadelphia has a defense that's going to contain DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. Uh, obviously, Greg Olson being out it hurts, but at the same time now you have Will Disley, Along with a slew of other tight ends to go along with it, so that position again loses a body. But I think yeah. uh, Russell Wilson will be able to find guys behind him, Hollister as well, who did a great job at the end of last season. Uh, so I, I really like. I think this game is going to be a blowout. I think I think Seattle wins this thirty-five to thirteen. I don't think this is a contest. Uh, Seattle plays well on prime time, and so I like Russell Wilson here, and I, I think the Seahawks just cruise to a cruise to a victory in this one, which is a very really important stretch for them not because of of who they play, but because of just the amount of games they can rack up uh, because obviously the Rams still have a couple of tough games left as well. But I I like uh, Seattle to win big here.
0: It does feel like it should be a blowout. Obviously the odds makers have watched a lot of Seahawks football because the Seahawks only favored by five and a half points in this game. And yeah, it just, you wonder if the Seahawks can beat a team in a dominating way against a team where you know that they should. So That's going to be something to watch this week. Anthony, really want to thank you for coming on, making time on your vacation and uh, continuing to do picks with me each week. So appreciate you coming on.
1: Brandon, always appreciate when you have me on. It's always fun to do NFL picks with you. And uh, we'll see how uh, the cookie
0: crumbles. We'll see if you beat me this week. I I hope so. I, I need a win. He's Anthony Knockreiner of the Knock On Sports. And closing things out with a look at the injury report for the Seahawks and some news items for the Eagles. We won't have the final injury designations until Saturday afternoon, so be sure and check out fieldgoals.com and get the final updates there after they come out on Saturday. But looking at the Eagles, it looks like Zach Ertz will continue to sit out. There was some hope by the Eagles that he would be back in time for the Monday night football game. They also got some news that one of their best offensive linemen, Lane Johnson, is out for the season, so bad news continues to rack up for the Philadelphia Eagles, and I saw that they set a record for the number of offensive line combinations that went all the way back to the 1987 Bucks. I was a little bit surprised that the 2017 Seahawks weren't uh, that record holder based on you know George Fant being in the lineup that year and uh, all kinds of injuries for the Seahawks in 2017, and even after that. But that is not a record that you want to hold, and the Eagles apparently have it now. Looking at the Seahawks' injury report, there are a couple offensive linemen that are set to be out for this game. Brandon Shell has been sitting out all week with an ankle injury. Jordan Simmons also sitting out all week with a calf injury. Kyle Fuller also sitting out with an ankle injury. So with Ethan Posick coming back into the lineup, backup center duties could fall to Damian Lewis once again. Cornerback D.J. Reed also sitting out this week with a foot injury along with Travis Homer. So those are going to be the names to watch as to whether they will be listed as out on the injury report, doubtful or maybe even questionable in the case of some of those players. Shaquille Griffin, Chris Carson in limited participation throughout the week, but they are expected to be back in the lineup. Damian Lewis also was limited with a hip and knee issue. David Moore, Mikey Potty also listed as limited in practice this week. But Tyler Lockett, Ethan Posick, Benson Mayo and Jamal Adams all on the injury report, but listed as full participants on Friday. So good news there. And like I said, be sure and watch FieldGoals.com for the latest injury news going into the Monday night football game. Some articles to check out up at FieldGoals.com. Alistair Corp has the article about Nick Ballor having a lead in Pro Bowl votes. Uh, Kind of an interesting story that I think you're going to want to check out, because when when you see Nick Ballor, leading in Pro Bowl votes and obviously you know maybe not a special teams standout this year where you think of you know other than the fumble recovery that he had a a few weeks back you, you try and rationalize why it is that he could be leading in Pro Bowl votes besides just you know Seahawks fans being fired up about their fullback being among the players there but there is more to it so check out Alistair Corp's article for all the news on that I'll be back here Monday night after the game planning on having Mookie Alexander and John Morgan on with me to recap the Monday night football game. So be sure you are subscribed to SBNation.com slash NFL podcast, subscribe to the show, get it in your podcast feed as soon as it comes out. And until next time, go Hawks.